Hi, you're listening to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I am your host, Alison Price. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about horoscope writing and getting organized to write horoscopes, and this is for aspiring astrologers. So let's get started. One way to improve your astrology readings is actually to practice by writing horoscopes. So typically, if you're going to write a horoscope, we, I would suggest that you start with a monthly horoscope where you are looking at one calendar month at a time, say January, February or March, and you are going to be writing 12 horoscopes, one for each sign and perhaps an overview of the month as well. An ideal word count for when you're starting to do these types of horoscopes would be 100 words per sign per month. And if we include our introduction, you're looking at 1300 words. So I initially lay out my horoscopes in Word, in a Word document. And um, each one, I have one Word document per month. So for instance, we would have, say, May 2024 would be the main title. I would then have a, a subtitle of introduction, and then Aries Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and so on as subheadings. And then underneath each of those subheadings, I know that I need to write something, my hundred words for that horoscope. I do it this way, then I can keep each of these word files in a, in a folder by year. So I could go back if I wanted to, but really, who does go back for horoscopes? But the idea is that once I set up my monthly pages, and I would do that in January, I would then have everything lined up ahead of time. I'm not coming in at the 11th hour trying to think of what to write. The idea with horoscopes is that you want to be ahead of the game. And why wouldn't you? Because you do know where the planets are going to be. So the trick with actually writing horoscopes is getting at least three or four months ahead so that you've got the, you've got the content ready for wherever you're posting it. On occasion, I do post horoscopes on my blog. It's not something I do every single month. But um, as a horoscope writer for other publications, a few years ago, I began writing horoscopes for various publications, including a print magazine, an online app and a New Age website. However, each outlet required a different approach as one catered to women. Uh, the other one started their week on a Monday and I typically start my week on a Sunday. And the third one targeted the uh, trendy millennial audience, which is way younger than usual. Now, because I had three different clients, um, although I was doing the same month for each client, I had to write original content for each of them. And I, I had lent heavily on the main horoscope's backbone that I had written already. So I could then reach into my Word document, find what was going on, and rewrite something to suit each of the three different clients who was wanting a different type of slant on their horoscopes. So in preparation for horoscope writing, I reach for my astrology journal and I open it to a two-page spread. On the right-hand page, I write the month's name and in the margin, I write 1 to 31 down or 28, whatever, however many days are in the month. And then each each day, has one line within the right-hand page. On the left-hand page, I draw a circle. I actually draw the chart for the month and I put all the planets in it and I mark how far each planet has moved. So if Mercury's gone from, say, Aries to Taurus, I will draw a little dotted line showing the actual arc uh, through the zodiac where Mercury has moved. If there's a planet that's turning retrograde, I will then uh, turn my dotted line, either stationing direct or stationing retrograde, on the actual drawing. 
on this left-hand page, I also write the, um, we've got all the signs mentioned, we've got all the planets in there, and I note the lunations, that's the full and the new moons. We'll talk more about that in a moment. So this is a, a picture, a picture diagram of what's happening in the month from the 1st to the 31st. How far have these planets moved? And then on the right-hand page, I've just got each day numbered and they've got a line for each day. And by the way, the journal I use is the Lucha Term 1917, and I will put a link to the exact journals that I use for my astrology in the description. Now, there are three main components that I look at when I'm preparing my horoscopes. And the first is the, is the, is the planetary ingresses. So an ingress is when a planet moves from one sign to the next. So, for instance, if Mercury is moving from Taurus to Gemini, that is a Gemini ingress. And if Mercury happens to be going backwards from Gemini into Taurus, that too is an ingress. And I would note that. I'll pay attention to the date and I'll put it on the right-hand side page on the day that Mercury changes signs. Now, I'll particularly note these sign changes because a planet uh, could easily be happier in one sign than the, than the next sign. Let's have a look at one. So if Venus is in Aries, where it's actually in its detriment, it cannot work very well. It's, it's getting a score of minus five. And when it, when it moves into Taurus, where it is in dignity, it then attracts a score of plus five. And Venus is far more able to offer up its gifts, use its attraction and love and money to benefit everybody. And that the day that the shift happens when Venus enters Taurus is going to be of note. And that's why I note it in the actual right-hand page. So if there are perhaps multiple planets changing signs, and certainly, I mean, the sun changes signs every month, you may find that there is a, towards the end of a month, things are a lot easier for everyone. And then you may find that um, perhaps in the beginning of the month, things were just couldn't get going because there were problems where planets were actually in signs of their detriment or perhaps even their fall, where they were not able to express their energies as well as they could. The second thing I look for when I'm writing horoscopes are the lunations. So lunations are the full moons and the new moons, or should I say the new moons and the full moons. And certainly, um, solar eclipses and lunar eclipses come into play here. Now, usually each month there is a new moon and there is a full moon. And I would note these particular days on my right-hand page on the date where it happens. And I will draw the symbol for the new moon and the full moon on the diagram on the left-hand page. Bearing in mind that some months will have two new moons and some months may have two full moons. And you need to note those as well. And again, you want to get all your, your, your moon phases sorted out beforehand so you know exactly when they're going to be. Now, the point here is that on the time of a new moon, um, this is an opportunity to start something new, to almost wipe the slate clean. And depending in which sign that new moon occurs, it will be reflected in different areas of life for each of the signs when you're writing the horoscopes. So if there is a new moon, say in Sagittarius, I would certainly note that. And then if the full moon was happening in Gemini, I would note that too. Full moons in general are where you can actually see you've got some clarity about what has happened. You can see what's going on, warts and all, and decide whether or not you're going to accept or reject the whole situation, the person or the event. So I always pay close attention to new and full moons. 
Let's just talk about the eclipses as well. If there is a solar eclipse, it is going to be a highlight in that month. And particular attention needs to be paid to actually when that eclipse is occurring and what degree and in which sign. So you really want to note that. Uh, the same goes for the lunar eclipses, although slightly, I want to say a slightly softer approach to those. You want to know which sign is it happening, what degree of the sign is the lunar eclipse happening, and you want to note that too. These are very powerful uh, days within a month, and they do need to be acknowledged as such. And then the third thing I note when I'm writing my horoscopes are the actual stations. So this is um, at the beginning and the end of any retrograde period for the planets. Now, most of the planets will retrograde. We're going to exclude the sun and the moon because they never go retrograde. Mercury will typically be retrograde three times during the course of one year. Uh, Venus may or may not be retrograde. It is only retrograde five times in eight years. So there can be whole years when Venus is not retrograde. And Mars will only be retrograde every second year. Um, but from Jupiter outwards, the, those outer planets will be retrograde um, during one portion of the year. So what we're looking for with these retrograde cycles is we want to know the actual stations, and that is the day the planet uh, stations and either stations retrograde or then at the end of the retrograde period when it stations direct. Now, typically when a planet goes retrograde, it's um, reducing in its um, effect and during that retrograde period, things that it rules will tend to have to be revisited, revised and reviewed. And then at the point where it goes station direct, it is then becomes it then becomes released almost. Now the actual degree and the sign where these outer planets particularly do their stations are important, but not every month is actually going to have a station in it. There's not planets um, stationing retrograde and stationing direct all the time. Uh, usually there are, but the, you will find that in some years that there will be months when no planets are actually making a station either way. So then, of course, you've got nothing to note. Now, on the days when the actual station occurs, that is noted on the right-hand page in the journal. On the date, say it's the 15th, we're going to say uh, Mars is stationing retrograde. I would make a note of that. I'd want to know what is the degree on that as well. And I'd put that note in. And bearing in mind, if there is a retrograde planet during the month on the left-hand page in the diagram, I would then do my curved dotted line showing whether it was going, it was direct and is now going retrograde or whether it was actually retrograde and it's now releasing and coming direct. And I will actually draw that down as a visual representation of where the planets are moving in the month. So at this point, I've got all the information, all the components I need for each month, where the planets are moving, what's happening when the new moon is and everything is down on my list and on my diagram. And from this point on, I'm going to be writing each of the signs horoscopes for that month. So for Aries, I would start where I've got the Aries is in the um, ascendant position in the first house position. From there, I would see that perhaps Mars is moving from the fifth house into the sixth house, say on the 15th. And we would then I would then talk about how um, they're going to be more energised in their work, health and daily activities and the fact of romance may take a, a back seat because Mars has moved away from that romance house. It's moved into basically the workhouse. So I could I would continue on my merry way there with all the airy stuff. When I get to the Taurus part, writing the Taurus horoscope, I would then take my journal and actually physically turn 
the diagram so that Taurus is in the ascendant position. And then I can see if I calculate those houses from there, I can then see, oh, well, now Mars in this particular case, Mars is going from the fourth house into the fifth house for Taurus. So the um, energy is then moved on to romantic things, which is fifth house creativity and what have you, because I've now actually physically turned this so I can see that Mars is making this move. And I would continue on doing that for all the signs. So I continue to take my physical book and I'm turning it, turning it, turning it so I can actually see where are these things happening, which houses Mars entering. Of course, we're talking about the natural zodiac here and I can then see, well, yes, the full moon is in, you know, the eighth house for this sign, but it's in the second house for that sign. And that's where I get my um, interpretations from. So if you're an aspiring astrologer, then doing horoscope readings or writing horoscopes per se, is actually a great practice for you. It also tunes you into where all the planets are, which planets are changing signs, when eclipses are and when um, there are stations and so on. So I have created these um, monthly diagrams in my journal and I go back about seven years on this because it's always been of interest to me. And I like the idea of having the visual picture on the side that I can rotate. And then on the right hand page, I've actually got what's happening and what degree is it happening at. And it was a couple of years ago, I started creating my handy guide per year. And it was a PDF download where you could just go to one website, download the PDF. And I'd already drawn all the, all the 12 months for you. And I'd listed the planetary movements as well. And this was offered to you as, as a PDF um, from the website. But as things are, um, users were unable to perhaps download the file or once they got it, they couldn't open it or they didn't know where the file had gone, this, that and the next thing. And it, it continued to be an ongoing, um, I want to say a struggle with, with downloading stuff from my website. Then I had the brilliant, or as I think it's a brilliant idea, to actually put this all this information into a small book and it's put it on Amazon so it's available. So this is what I did a couple of years ago and I, I call it the Starsology Astro Guide and Planner and it's also now available for 2024. And of course, if, if you're listening to this later, then there'll probably be one for the next year as well. This is where it's really the work is done for you, where the diagrams are already created just as I use. These are the actual forecast transit patterns that I write my horoscopes from, and you can certainly use them as well. So you've got your left-hand page with the diagram, you've got your right-hand page with the actual movements of these planets. Um, it's all set on universal time zone. Now, some just additional segments within this book is we have a, a birthday list, so you can write everyone's birthday because it is a planner for 2024. I do have a zodiac signs guide where I'm just going over briefly what each of the signs mean. And there is a planet guide, um, just going over briefly some main keywords for each of the planets. Then we have a, uh, a page of the all of the new moons for 2024 and all of their full moons as well. So they're listed there. And then additionally, I've um, extracted the four eclipses for the year. I've got the charts there for them and some micro interpretations for that regarding whether it's solar eclipse or lunar eclipse, and also whether it's at the north node or the south node. So I have some brief ideas to get you started there for those interpretations. Uh, furthermore, I've got um, the actual listing of the eclipses. So this is a guide. And of course, you can cast these eclipse charts yourself as well. I do have a few pages then about the retrograde cycles and how to interpret retrograde cycles. And I have a full list of all the planets that are, are retrograde in that year. So they're listed there from the Times 
and the actual degrees in the zodiac. And then everybody's favourite retrograde planet, Mercury. Um, I've gone a little deeper into all of the three retrograde cycles for Mercury. Then I have a visual table just showing exactly where the retrograde cycles are happening over the course of the months. And that's similar to what you would use in a graphic ephemeris. Moving on, I have a small piece about the Wheel of the Year because this is really something I'm getting into now. I'm finding it very interesting. So I've added that this year. This is the first time we've had the Wheel of the Year in. And I've got a short discussion there about the quarter days and the cross quarter days. And then for fun, I have an astro word search which I created myself and it took me absolute days to create this. So um, it was only afterwards I realized you could get a website to do it for you. But anyway, this is all manually done by me. So yeah, if you can find those words in there, that will be great. Then we get to the bit which is actually the planner part. So there for January, there is a monthly a monthly page, just a monthly page at a glance. Um, and then straight onto that, we've actually got the January chart with the planets and on the right hand page, the actual movements that we were talking about earlier. And then following onto that, I have a mood tracker. If you're tracking the moon, which many of you have told me you are, that's there and you can track that for January. And then we get to the what I'm calling the astro events where I have mini interpretations for each of the components that go into creating horoscopes. So it's the lunations, the retrogrades and the ingresses. So I have that for each of one for every month and that's at the beginning of each month. Then we move on and we have week at a glance pages and on the right hand side on the on the sidebar there there's a place for you to put your transits and your notes so that you can track say in January the 1st you've got I don't know Saturn's squaring your sun or something and you want to put these bigger transits in there you will be able to note them in this planner at the beginning of the year. So who is this for? Well, the the way I see it, the Starsology Astro Guide and Planner is for people who wish to embrace the art of astrology into their self-care practice. Now, if you know a little bit about astrology, it would be great for you because you can start tracking things that are going on. And if you're uh, certainly if you're someone who's writing horoscopes or trying to do forecasting, even for others where you, you want a bit of a clue, because you're, I want to say, in that aspiring almost beginner stage, because of the micro interpretations that I've put in, it's giving you a jumping off point for you to flesh out when you actually do your horoscopes or even readings for others. So I just want to say a little bit about how, how I actually use this book. So as soon as it arrives, I start to colour it in because I like to do all my charts in, in vibrant colours. That's who I am. So I've got Aries is red, Leo is yellow, and Sagittarius is royal blue. And then you hang the colour wheel from there. I can talk more about that again uh, later. I then go in and I put my chart in. I pull out my main transits, which, and I talk about main transits, which is uh, Mars outer. So that's Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. I will pull those main transits for the year and place them in on this, on the specific week when they're occurring for me. But I like to actually um, colour this in. I like to colour in the the planets as well within the chart so that I do the sun in yellow and Mercury's green, Mars is red and Venus is pink and so on. And I colour it in. And the idea is that you want to, this is a working book. You want to be able to make notes in it, colour things in, in it. Uh, I use a bit, quite a bit of washi tape. I'm quite into journaling as well. And in a way, it develops this book um, as a, it becomes then a memory of how the year actually unfolded 
astrologically. I wouldn't necessarily be putting in there that I had to take the dog to the vet or all that sort of, or the car to the shop or something like that. But it's more a tracking of how did the astrology affect me? How did it unfold? How was that eclipse for me? As an astrologer, it then becomes a valuable resource that I can look back on in years to come to say, oh yes, that solar eclipse in Cancer, that affected me this way because it was squaring my Mars and blah, blah, blah. And I can go on from there. And it's a reference then for myself as a practicing astrology to go back to where you're actually witnessing these transits happening in front of you. So if you are a, what I would like, I would call a beginner astrologer, a junior astrologer, or an aspiring astrologer where you've perhaps been only learning astrology for 12 months or so, or, or even a more seasoned person, let's face it, this would be handy so that you can start tracking and saying, well, yes, I need to pay attention. I've got that Jupiter uh, crossing my midheaven or whatever, and I need to actually be aware of what's happening and be alert to it because these things won't necessarily occur on the exact day, but they will start to unfold as Jupiter moves within orb of your actual exact aspect. So there are, it, in a way, it's it's a record of what happened, although we use it in the future because I'm talking about this book now from the year beforehand. But as that year unfolds and I'm making notes, it then becomes my my tracker and my memory of the astrology of 2024 that went down. So this is how I use it. It's on my desk. And when I'm actually then developing the horoscopes that I'm writing for my clients, I too have my clues about, oh yes, I need to talk about this. I need to talk about that. And I've got a bit of a clue about where I'm going with the forecasting rather than starting with a blank page and thinking, gosh, what's happening in July? I've got to go and dig all the information out. So that's already done. And that's what I like about this guide. So if that sounds like something that would interest you or somebody you know, I will put the link in the um, episode description um, for the purchases of this book on Amazon. And just by the way, it seems that Amazon does take a while when I ordered it here. It took over two weeks to get to me. So I suppose that's just the way it is. There's not much we can do about that either. Um, and if for some reason you're unhappy with the whole thing, you can just return it straight to Amazon and it's fine. I would never know. But I thank you for your support. And if you're still here with me at this point, then that is fa fabulous. Thank you so much. If you feel this has value, uh, this episode, please do share it with someone else who may be interested. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. 
and I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one-hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing, and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology, and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.